sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, January 14th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the winning edge. I am Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, and with me, as always, is my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. And fundamentally, we will try to put the fun in functional sports content. And Mm. Kev, is Brooklyn in the house? We were talking yesterday, bro, about like how long is this going to take? And then we got word yesterday. You know what? Don't come to practice today, James. We're working on some things. And then, boy, does the bombshell drop. I think we were waiting for this, Kev. And we always thought that Philadelphia or Brooklyn were going to potentially be the ultimate destinations. But James Harden has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets to join up with KD and Kyrie, moving futures numbers left and right. But Kev, there are a lot of other pieces to this deal that I think are interesting in terms of the players that went back, the amount of draft capital that was swapped left and right, and we had to involve some other teams and some other players as well. This is a mega deal. Let's Start, Kev, with James Harden, how this all came to pass, and what this now means for the Nets, who have now, what, three of the top, whatever you want to say, players in the NBA and have moved all the way to the second choice to win the NBA title. Yeah, you've mentioned the odds quite a bit there, and it was really fortunate because I was under the impression, I think most were, that this was going to be Philadelphia who we would be talking about with James Harden. And and right. this did move quickly, right? We went from the morning like, you think he plays another game to, yeah, he's gone any moment now. It's very likely going to be Philadelphia. And then, you know, <laughs> off the top rope comes the Brooklyn Nets with every pick they could ever dream of and a whole bunch of other things. So the Sixers, and I just think it's so fascinating. And, and it, you know, at some point we can kind of talk about the value in the market, but just to watch how the market reacted, that Eastern Conference Championship market. The Sixers were seven to one with the Celtics and the Heat. Only above them were the Bucks as the favorites and then the Brooklyn Nets, right? So then the Sixers look like they have that inside track to land Harden. They go to five to one on their own line, still the third choice. And then boom. It goes James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. They instantly shot up to the favorites at plus 155 and soon later went to plus 120 to win the Eastern Conference. And when you look at the title odds for the entire league, not just the conference finals, but the NBA finals, this team went from 6-1 to one to plus 300 to now only plus two. 70. They are a dollar off the Lakers. The front 
running number one team in the NBA, defending mm-hmm. NBA champion Lakers, yes. are only a dollar ahead of this Brooklyn Nets team. It is a move that completely, as we said it would, shifted the futures market on its head. Yeah, absolutely. The tectonic plates of the NBA are moving right now. As we welcome in our radio audience here, Dane Martinez, Kevin Walsh, thank you for getting up on the grid, getting the winning edge very early on in the morning. Also, big shout out to our newest affiliate, Sirius XM Channel 204. All right, Kev, so that's how the market moves, right? Fans mm-hmm. were rushing to bet the nets, clearly, right? Money coming in on Brooklyn yesterday. Now let's take a step back, Kev. I want the trusted opinion from the candle burner. Is this a good thing? Like, sure, we're going to have Harden. We're going to have Kyrie. We're going to have KD. Sounds amazing, right? But there is still only one ball. A lot of some of these really good young Nets who were part of this team, a playoff team over the last few years, right? Guys like Levert, guys like Jared Allen, who were important cogs for this team, albeit not top 10 players in the NBA, which I understand, have now moved on. Is this like a scheme fit? for the Nets like or are we going to hear drama here as well because you know I kind of think what this should be is Harden scoring 30 in the first half and then Sip Cavassier on the bench when it's crunch time brother man (laughs) so here's the problem right you can only be so hard on a team that lands one of the eight best players in the world right like what am I going to do come in here and tell you that James Harden stinks That would be ridiculous. But this team traded away the depth, right? To me, they were the only team in the league that could actually match the depth of the Lakers. They traded that in for everything at the top. So you look what is beyond, right, their their big three. DeAndre Jordan, who was the starting center, got completely outplayed by Jared Allen immediately is the only competent big on this yep. roster. Karis LeVert, who looked like he was going to sleepwalk to sixth man of the year, Gone. now leaves that job to Jeff Green, Timothy Luau-Cabarro. maybe. Shemet, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dinwiddie still pieces, needs to come back. But Right. But No, but Dinwiddie ain't coming back, baby. Like, this, that's right, not yeah. a thing. Like, we're dealing yeah. with three dudes. These boys can't defend, won't defend. I can see this being and, a team, though. When it comes to trade deadline, buyout season, right? Guys signing for the veteran minimum with Brooklyn maybe a month or two down the road. We'll talk about this more. There's so many different angles for this trade to dissect. We are off and running, giving you the edge on the James Harden deal right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, right here. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh giving you the winning edge on SportsGrid. This is the early line. Thank you to all of our affiliates. We are on SiriusXM Channel 204 looking at this trade that went down. This monster blockbuster trade with the main pieces, James Harden going to Brooklyn. Kev, I, I mean, I'll let you go from here. Like, is it going to work out, Kev? Like, I mean, the talent is phenomenal like obviously you had yeah. even said previous to this thing going down that like the only way a team in the nba can mess with the lakers talent wise was if james harden wound up in brooklyn well guess what james harden has wound up in brooklyn kev so you oh, know gosh. like um will it work will it work are they going to be at the top of the eastern conference kev well <laughs> look they're the favorites and that's what's going to happen when you have this level of talent. I'm not sure they're the best team in the East. Let Look, I tweeted it yesterday without hesitation. Lakers and five, Lakers and five, Lakers and five. Like, they will roll these boys. I have no doubt about that. Like, we got to figure out if this is the team in the East or if we've created ourselves a ton of value. Dane, offense wasn't the problem here for this team. They can't defend. And all they've done is increase Who's that the Jared Allen won't help. Through this move. <laughs> no! <laughs> hey, like... Now, again, like, this is why I'm, I'm hesitant because I, I know how good James Harden is. So I am not, Absolutely. like, I understand that desire. Like, that's why I haven't brought up the four picks and the four pick swaps. Oh, we're going because to, though. That, <laughs> like, right, but that's a side situation, right? Like, if they win the title, right, if you oh, don't survey matter. the right. league, would you give up four picks and four pick yeah. swaps for a title? If they hang I a mean, banner from the rafters of Barclays, it's exactly. all good. But anything exactly. short of that, Kev, anything oh, short of right. that, losing in the finals to the Lakers in seven and triple overtime, Kev, I don't give a damn. <laughs> then it's not then it's not good enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is this is the embodiment of taking all your chips, shoving all in for right now. The window is as Rich. long as KD's Achilles holds up, as long as the sage being burned yeah. is okay, and as long as James Harden wants to stay outside the club. You know what I mean? If that all right. happens, cool, you got a shot. If not, this is a failure. They have shoved all in. I do want to ask you, do you have more than this? Because, I mean, the, the Rocket side, I think, is amazingly intriguing as well. But tell yeah. me still, what about... Do you have more on the net side? Do you think, like, how is this yeah. going to work out? Do you think there's more moves on the horizon to get some of these, you know, uh, bring your hard hat to work glue guys that you're talking about? Are they going to be finding, you know, some of these defensive yeah. stalwarts who don't need the ball at all? You know, the season is young, and this happens all the time, right? Buying out of contracts mm. and that sort of thing. Do you think the net, the Nets will get some vet minimums to, like, fill those holes down the road? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll be aggressive in the buyout market, and the fact that they can probably offer some valuable uh, reps to certain players will be attractive. They obviously have nothing to send anybody via the trade. <laughs> the trade deadline is totally irrelevant. It's the buyout market or bust. The one last thing I will add is many, many moons ago, uh, you know, I was kind of, and I understood why at the time, but, you know, people kind of scoffed at the idea that they need to trade Kyrie for Harden if that opportunity arose. Now, I didn't know what was going to happen when Kyrie was going to happen, but there is no guarantee that you see number 11 anytime soon. Kyrie, we said it once, we'll say it again, different breed of cat. And sure. I don't know if he's happy that James Harden's come to town. KD is. There's some thought thoughts around the league that, 
this Kyrie absence is part of the reason why Brooklyn made this decision to not just waste KD's time and make him average 45 in a second-round exit to the Miami right. Heat because him and Karis LeVert weren't enough because Insurance Kyrie never policy. comes back. Right. So, again, from that perspective, okay, but if I take Kyrie off this roster, you're then dealing with KD, Harden, love it, love it, love it, and then what? You need that third guy. And I wonder yeah. if there's a world where the Nets get this guy back hope he balls out and quietly start taking some phone calls to re-add the depth because again if you're going to shove all in can you know you really trust this Kyrie situation again we know there's more works to play they know way more than we do of course but yeah. you need to guarantee that when this dude comes back whenever that is if that is going to happen that he is back and in on what you're trying to do. No, absolutely. We'll continue to monitor the Kyrie Irving situation as well. Remember, there's those videos of the birthday party. The league is investigating, and there's a potential for whenever he comes back or whatever it happens, then he may have to start a quarantine uh, Be after whenever that time may be. Let's look at the Houston Rockets side. I tell you all the time, I remember using the Kawhi trade with San Antonio as an example, the fact that without leverage, getting a interesting haul back, the Houston Rockets had zero leverage. Everyone in the league knew that they wanted to move on from James Harden and you know they wind up getting four first round picks another four pick swaps and then after getting Karis LeVert from Brooklyn they turn around and flip him to the Indiana Pacers and get another all-star in Victor Oladipo so now Kev these Houston Rockets you know literally a month ago were Westbrook and Harden now it's a uh, wall and Oladipo right oh yeah mm -hmm. and four extra first round picks and all sorts of other capital there. I think the Houston Rockets under pressure with the walls closing in with no leverage, they've they've got an all-star backcourt and picks like, whoa, I think they did great work. Yeah, and again, this is kind of something we talked a little bit about yesterday. You don't have leverage until you remind yourself we're dealing with James Harden, right? Like, that's the leverage. I have a top eight player in the league. You want him. Right, so you're gonna have to pay the piper in order to make that deal happen, and Brooklyn, Brooklyn certainly did because it wasn't, you know, a one-man race. The Sixers again, and at some point we probably should talk about them getting left at the altar on this deal and what that'll mean for that team moving forward. But at the end of the day, when you look at this Rockets team, and you know this about me, Dan, you've been working with me a long time, you know that there are times where I just sit here and desperately await a market to be posted. Give me the Rockets to make the playoff market. Because apparently I'm going to get a nice plus number. There are nine teams in front of the Rockets in terms of Western Conference odds. The ninth team, New Orleans Pelicans, at 49-1. to 1. The Rockets are 100-1 to 1 to win the West. Now, again, mm. I don't got them winning the West. You know who I have winning the West. The same team yeah, I had winning the West last year, right? But nice that point, though. number suggests that they are going to be really – long shots to make the playoffs out of the Western Conference. I mean, and, you know, I, I kind of talked about the surprise that was the Nets swooping in and getting hardened when it seemed like it was Philly. It was like RKO out of nowhere. Where did Victor Oladipo just come from? How did this dude just end up in Houston? And him versus Karis LeBert is an interesting conversation. But nevertheless, I got a starting lineup now and a starting backcourt of Oladipo, John Wall. I think that meshes 
Again, I am in on what I've seen from Christian Wood. You bring P.J. Tucker, DeMarcus Cousins. There is stuff to like about the Houston Rockets. There just is. So are they going to win a championship? I don't think so. But can they remain competitive? Yes. And they're not tanking because they're probably, I don't think, going to be bad enough. They have all the Brooklyn picks anyway. That's now going to act as their draft capital. So Mm -hmm. that will be what they're going to deal with over the next four years. And, you know, their dream scenario is they actually get to execute some of those pick swaps. We do have this tendency to overvalue pick swaps. They only matter if the Rockets somehow have better seasons than the Brooklyn Nets. But for the Rockets, I, I think the Oladipo thing is fascinating that they decided to take a shot on Victor, who has less time on the contract, right? A little bit more of a pedigree versus Karis LeVert, still three years on a deal, making less than $20 million, uh, a million a season on all of those. And right now, early season, putting up very comparable numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, this move gives Houston even more flexibility, right? Because they can get a nice long look at Oladipo and then decide, you know, if he is part of their future. They've got a blank slate. You know what I mean? They can do a lot moving along and will kind of rebuild this team however they want. We'll continue to break this down from some other angles and look at the games in the NBA tonight when we come back here giving you the winning edge. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh giving you everything you need to make it a profitable day. Big shout out to all of our affiliates, especially Sirius XM, our newest audience here. You can get the winning edge with SportsGrid all the time, 24-7, on here, channel 204. Whether it's the spitting statistician, whether it's Ariel Epstein, whether it's Pharrell, whether it's Gabe and Cam, we give you what you need to be profitable. So let's look at this, Kev. Let's look at this from another angle. Because, listen, the Nets and the Rockets, they had to rope in other teams, right, to truly consummate this deal. And so I want to ask you about that angle as well. Because, listen, Karis LeVert, who is a player that we have liked, you know, in the bubble, shouldered the load for the Brooklyn Nets and looked like he was capable of doing so. As the Rockets then flip him for Oladipo, Karis LeVert winds up on the Indiana Pacers. Also, Jared Allen, the young big man, he winds up on the Cleveland Cavaliers as their picks also are, you know, part of this deal as it grew to kind of make it palatable for all. You know, what do you think, Kev, if you are, say, Levert or Jared Allen? You're a young kid. You're in New York. You got KD and Kyrie. Everybody thinks you're an Eastern Conference contender, and you're like a legitimate role player or cog on this team, right? You're starting to play well, and then all of a sudden – You know, now I play for the Pacers. Or if you're Jared Allen, now I'm in Cleveland. You know, like, can you imagine you got to pack up your stuff and move in a pandemic? Can you imagine? Like, talk to me about the way you you feel. Like, what do you think it's like if you're Levert or Jared Allen? 
Well, there's got to be a lot of surprise here if you're either one yeah. of those guys because right. you always knew that this could happen. And Levert is like kind of not like the if... man with Sabonis in Indiana, Indiana, yeah. right? But I don't. But I don't know if either one of these guys saw them then getting removed. This is the the wild thing is right. It's like oh, this huge fourteen deal. Really, the the, the Rockets just repurposed the Nets piece. Like the Nets somehow were not able to. Right, be like, the Rockets oh, hey, just like, made like one... another deal. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, the Nets were like, yo, like, you want to throw us Larry Nance, maybe? Like, hey, what's the deal? Like, you got Doug McDermott for free? Like, they were like, you got Harden, you shut up, you're over there. Who who wants what here? We got some things, right? So, the Karis LeVert thing is a big deal. Because, again, Karis LeVert was a all-NBA bubble uh, team member. For sure. And he's carried that over. He looked like he had a great shot to win sixth man of the year. Really, the only thing that was stopping him was... They keep having to put him in the starting lineup. Starting uh, lineup, which because when Dinwiddie gets banged up, not right. what they were, you know, kind of trying to do. But they eventually uh, now send him out. So the the Oladipo for Levert, if you go through these two dudes' numbers to start the season, I mean, it is wildly similar, right? From efficiency, you know, to advanced analytics, to just even the mm-hmm. raw averages that these guys are putting up, wildly similar. The thing for Levert, couple of years younger. But here's what's really excellent now for this Pacers team, right? You look at their one-two punch of Brogdon and Sabonis and Miles Turner into the fray. They're all mm. locked up for at least the next three seasons. Oladipo is a straight-up unrestricted free agent at the end right. of this year. LeBert sinks up with the timeline. Under contract gotcha. now for the next three full seasons. If these guys are comparable players, a little bit younger for LeBert, but he syncs up with your current yeah. big three that remains to build the core. Sabonis, yeah. Brogdon. They have a core now. They've got a great yeah. core four that has youth behind it. Sabonis and settle together last year. Yeah. Miles Turner leading the league in blocks per game. Brogdon, one of the most underrated players in the league. Yeah. And a guy and like Harris Levert, who looks like he's yeah. continuing to raise his stock to the point where who knows? At season's end, is there a world that Levert's the best player of the four? Maybe. Who cares? The fact that that could be possible is incredible. I love the move for the Pacers because it does seem like they weren't going to be able to keep Victor Oladipo. So to be able to, yeah. for a guy that you probably, we always talk about this, right? Yeah, you don't want to lose someone for nothing. <laughs> Instead of losing Victor Oladipo for nothing, they get Karis yeah. Levert. I mean, that's a slam. That's, yeah. Absolutely, and I'm impressed with them as well because, you know, the whole league knew that Oladipo wasn't necessarily long for the Pacers, right? And so being sure. into being able to not get 40, 50, 60 cents of the dollar, and I think you're right. The fact that these, this young core now in Indiana, like you said, will have two, three years to develop together, right? That, that sounds the same as some of these Western Conference teams that we really like that have this young core that can build together. You know, I, I, I do think this is very, very interesting. We will continue to look at that. Let's look at some of the things in the NBA, though. Um, you know, last night also, you know, the other thing, I guess, with Indiana, do you think that this young core that's developing, right, will next offseason, will that be enough to maybe attract, like, a, a megastar as, like, a cherry on top to make them a true Eastern Conference contender? Mm. You know, I don't know. How, how right? Like, if you got that, those four, them. wouldn't that be attractive? Yeah. Isn't that attractive to a, I don't know, I'm talking like a, a Dame Lillard or whatever the case may be? You know what I mean? I think I think for the Pacers again I don't know how flexible they would be with cap space, but it can okay. it can keep you in the young, conversation though. for for a trade though right 
could I package two of the four, right, for a for a top ten high player. level top? Let's call for it top thirteen guy in the NBA, Fine. and now Fine. go full big three, right? Yeah. Where say the remaining pieces are top thirteen guy Brogdon, one of the big. So like, could right, you? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's a situation where I, I again they've set themselves up to be competitive for not just these this season, but for years to come. Again, love it for the Pacers. Yeah, absolutely. Some big performances in the association last night. Luca went off, bro, 34-13-9, and nine, just shy of a triple-double. Yeah. Dame Dollar, who I just mentioned, right, he went for 40. He also dropped, what was it, like 13 assists in a big-time win over, I believe, the Sacramento mm-hmm. Kings. What, what uh, you know, what, what popped on your radar from the association last night? I also know you wanted to talk about the Philadelphia Sixers, who kind of lost out on these sweepstakes. Yeah. So so what else did you see from the association last night? You know, I actually though I, I want to go back to the Lillard thing because I'm glad you brought that up. Just from yeah, because the player props market we talk about all the time. You try and find your value, you try and find your edge. Oh, I got so Lillard, burned on we a all prop last night, Kev. Ugh. Did you? Ugh. Do tell. I don't mean to In smile, but half, when people get burned on props and I wasn't You know, I'm, I'm watching it's just I'm watching Nick's Nets, right? I'm watching Nick's Nets, right? Mm-hmm. And right. let me tell you something, Julius Randle was a beast, right? So, mm-hmm. but I, I, I took him uh, in the third quarter, I believe it was, I took him over 30 and a half points when he had like 23. Oh, no. When he had like 23 yeah. in the third and like couldn't Tough miss. Scene. The offense was running through him, you know, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I missed it by the hook. But Chris, I digress. Go ahead. Yeah, bang on. <laughs> um, so the reason why I bring up Damian Lillard, right, in the Blazers, because again, Dana, I ask you, come on. Right, who's the best player on the Portland Trail Blazers? No hesitation, it's Damian Lillard. Right, Damn and God. I would follow that up, and I'd be like, "Damn, like you know, who's leading this team in scoring?" You wouldn't think twice, except it's is not it Damian Lillard. Is it CJ? CJ McCollum is averaging more points yeah. per game than Damian Lillard, and that's not before last night. He's still averaging more points per game than Lillard. He's averaging the second most points per game in the league. Only Bradley mm. Beal is averaging more, which is wow. just ridiculous that that's the case. So McCollum last night. His over-under for threes was three and a half. He is right now shooting far too many threes at way, Mm. way too efficient of a volume for that number to stay there. And now this is a number. Last year, he was making about 2.8 per game. So that number was probably two and a half. So it's it's been adjusted. I just don't know if it's adjusted enough. I would keep looking at McCollum, not just in that three market, but even his points prop was 25 and a half. You know this, Dane. Typically, a superstar's points prop is going to be in line, if not more, than their points per game average. He's averaging 28 a night. So to get two and a half full points of value on his over for points prop, I keep looking at McCollum. This team scores a bunch. He's shooting a bunch. He had the same amount of shots, field goal attempts at least, as Lillard. Lillard got to the line a lot more, and he got himself to the 40 ball is what it is. But McCollum is actually a a guy you really want to look at in the props market. And he had another nice game to win for them. We will keep that on our radar for sure. You know, Kev, there are five games in the association tonight. One of them is the Miami Heat going to Philadelphia to take on the Heat. These are teams that have been impacted, shall we say, by COVID. But Philly at home, you know, they're dominant. They are laying 11 points. But what do you think is the mindset right now of Doc Rivers and the Philadelphia 76ers? Because, you know, 24 hours ago, maybe they thought they were getting the beard to add to this, you know, kind of offense and squad. They are still playing well. They're 11-point favorites as Miami comes to town, the 8-4 and four Sixers. What do you think is their mindset today? 
I just can't believe that they're laying 11 again. I mean, these, yeah. te- these teams just played a couple of days ago. Right. And it was eight and a half. And, I mean, the Heat lost in overtime by three. Like, I don't – how did the – what? Like, what are we doing? How did this number get so high? Now, it could be more ins for Philly and still less outs uh, or still – and then more outs for Miami. Uh, that is obviously why we don't have our total. It becomes difficult. There's no world in which I lay 11. But I do want to address what you were talking about, the mindset for the Sixers. Uh, Mark J. Spears of the Undefeated reported uh, yesterday. I'll, I'll, I'll read. Uh, said, hearing Ben Simmons was pretty ecstatic to not be traded from the Sixers to Houston for Harden, and he believes his team is capable of bringing a title to Philadelphia. Doc Rivers is also a huge fan of Simmons and believes the best is yet to come with two-time NBA All-Star. I think that's the type of situation where kind of you you think you want something, and then it's about to happen, right? Because I feel like Ben Simmons has possibly wanted out of Philly for a little bit, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, my gosh, I – no, 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 no. I thought Simmons might be furious at the fact that they were trying to get him out. I wonder if maybe it was a reset for him mentally. I think it could go the other way. Maybe even a right. little bit more bought in. I think so, too. I think it could go the other way after this. There's, we've seen this where trades are on the line and, like, now you're there. Now let's get to work. Now, like, it's the the kind of cloud gone, the weight sure. off the shoulders. Now I can do what I got to do. We'll continue talking about this on Sirius Channel 204 and Grade when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh looking at the NBA right now. Thank you to all of the ways you can watch and listen. You know, so many ways to get the winning edge, especially our newest audience on SiriusXM Channel 204. We were looking at the slate. It is a light slate here on a Thursday in the association. But I got to ask you about the Houston Rockets, right? They just traded away James Harden, and they go to San Antonio, the Texas two-step. I don't know if it's like, you know, Kev, how in the regular NBA season, season when like the rodeo is in town and like the spurs can't have a home game for like a month and a half i wonder if that is still happening it is a battle of texas the rockets go to san antonio to take on the spurs the the rockets are three and six they're getting six points what do you think is their mindset now is it like ding dong the witch is dead let's go out there and perform or you know are there kind of some hangover going on from all the drama how do you see this game breaking out yeah, so I, I think the thing here is who's available for Houston tonight, right? Right. I would be floored if Victor Oladipo was making any kind of debut. I actually think John Wall is out for this game as well, so it could be a shorthand. Obviously, James Harden isn't in, into the mix now, so it, it could be a shorthanded Rocket squad, uh, which will make the Spurs interesting. But, but, but every single time we see a team shorthanded, it just doesn't matter, right? So. 
this could be a this could be a game that I would label total or pass. And we don't have a total yet. I see. So I would be cautious again. You need your ends to make any kind of decision on this game. Be patient here, guys. Uh, we've said it once. We'll say it a hundred times. If there's no total on the board, there's some very important information that we just don't have yet. Yeah, fair enough. Listen, the other game I want to ask you about are two teams that we have mentioned already on the show. Portland, you know, and you've been talking about the way their backcourt yeah. is performing. They are at home. They are 7-4. and four. They welcome the 7-4 and four Indiana Pacers right now with Karis LeVert on the squad. I know you said you don't know that Victor Oladipo would suit up for Houston. Do you expect LeVert to be in the Pacific Northwest in a Pacers jersey tonight? What do you think about this squad getting two and a half on the road at the Rose Garden? Yeah, again, I think Levert suiting up would, again, probably be surprising. I don't know if, if there's any kind of quarantine uh, rule also. Mm-hmm. With those that's true, the protocols, in the NFL right? When yeah, players, that's interesting. When players had to sign, right. uh, there was a little bit of a delay uh, when it comes to that. I will just say, though, uh, the Pacers, as a dog, we talked about it against Golden State. Uh, that team was down by seven at the half. They ended up winning that game by nine, uh, and that game was without Victor Oladipo. So in come the Blazers, who were, by the way, down like 15-plus at two different points in the game against the Sacramento Kings, and that ended up not only coming back to win but coming back to cover. Tough, tough scene uh, for the Sacktown Kings. But I think the Blazers, in this spot off of a back-to-back, I think people might might want to be all over them. Again, Pacers as a dog, I don't mind it. Obviously, no Oladipo. Could Levert be there? It would be gravy on top. They've won without Oladipo in their previous meeting on this little bit of a West Coast uh, stint here. I lean towards the Pacers. All right, fair enough. And listen, like we said, a light card in the NBA, but you'll be definitely able to see Kevin again breaking it down later on tonight on In Game Live. Keep it locked here on Sports Grid. So many ways to watch it, so many ways to listen to it. Sirius XM Channel 204 to get the winning edge. And you can do that all day long with Sports Grid as totals appear, as lines start to move, and as we get more news on the fallout of this blockbuster James Harden deal. I do want to turn our attention, Kev, to the NFL. It is divisional weekend. Many people believe it's the best weekend in football. Now that the one seeds are involved, we will see the Green Bay Packers. We will see the Kansas City Chiefs this week. But before we dive into the games and some of the markets there, our friends and partners at FanDuel definitely have some interesting markets that we are going to look at a little bit later on in the show. I want to get you caught up, Kev, on some of the news and notes, right? Like, We've been all over the uh, head coach vacancies, some of the candidates. We've ranked the jobs, right, and all that. Then with the drama of Deshaun Watson maybe not wanting to be one of the assets for the Houston Texans job, we've continued to talk about that. But, you know, the gears keep turning in the NFL for teams that are not in the playoffs. For example, the Seahawks have decided to move on from their offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer. I know you're excited about that. Our guy Cam Stewart is excited about that. And, like, on the flip side, for example, in Chicago, they've decided they're running it back. You know, like, Nagy's going to be back. You know, Pace is going to be back. So talk to me about these. we got some other moves as well. But let's start in Seattle and Chicago. What do you think about these moves? Schottenheimer's gone for the Seahawks, but it looks like the Bears are going to give it one more try with that current brain trust. Yeah, Schottenheimer's gone. (sighs) Not a moment too soon. What What a terrible job. What a terrible job. We'll see. We'll see if they fix it. The unfortunate thing is, like, I literally don't think I can let myself touch the Seahawks until next ne- two seasons from now. 
because okay. they did they fixed themselves last year and then midway through the season they were like hey you want to stink again they're like yep let's do it like i just what an embarrassment what a total embarrassment this was step one uh, i personally would have been more than fine if they went uh the next level and got rid of pete carroll as well uh, it also wouldn't surprise me if they bring in an offensive coordinator who i don't know his background is coaching d-backs i mean just nonsense <laughs> from this team uh every single step of the way Really, I, I've lost all tolerance for it, and I'm just trying to stay grounded so I don't start taking Russell Wilson to task because that feels like something I might end up regretting, but I'm totally over the Seattle thing. And then the Bears, again, I don't know what we're doing here. I mean, really, like how – like, come on, man. Like, let's call it what it is. Part of the reason why – and I like that we always can kind of reference uh, our thoughts with the Bears and your over ticket, right – is or the under ticket rather. No, it was not an over ticket. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. A little slip, a little bit of slip. But like, I was like, no, but dang, like, look at who have to play down the back end of the se- the season, right? And like, right, yeah, they beat the Vikings and the Jags, picking one. The Texans picking three. This happens like, a lot. Let's not. This lose happens our a lot. Minds here. You know, like remember like, when Rocky Morris was good for Atlanta, Man. you know, and they like stuck around and give it the old college try one more time, like convince sure. the you know front office like just enough. I I think yeah. this is how it's gonna go down, right? Like they just convinced enough, like you were feeling good because of the recent, I guess, run, <laughs> you know, to make the play or back into the playoffs. But- but you know, I think you got to take a long. What did the garbage time Jimmy face. Graham touchdown save like Nagy's right. job? His job. Like, come yes, on. You I think yes. Points in the playoff game. I think that's exactly what happened, though, Kev. I think you're right, whether you say that offhand and flippantly or not. Yes, I think that is exactly right. what went down. What about some of these jobs that are open, Kev? If the Chicago job won't be open, we're getting a lot of interviews, a lot of candidates. You know, it seems like Urban Meyer and the Jags is mm-hmm. almost at the finish line but we don't know just yet that hasn't like been completed just yet also guys like robert salah had his second interview with the new york jets but you know he did leave the building and now that the tennessee titans are eliminated their offensive coordinator arthur smith seems to be getting a lot of interviews okay he's been interviewing for the eagles the chargers role the jets and now even the detroit job what do you think about some of these candidates and where might they Mm. land arthur smith robert salah and others that are on the interview circuit right now so let's talk a little bit about robert salah for a second we've got two uh markets available uh team next head coach right both the eagles and the jets so salah is now the favorite to get the eagles job at plus 200 which is a Mm. pretty significant move right he's also the favorite to get the jets job at minus 600 so that's pretty (laughs) i mean that just doesn't sync up you can't like what it makes me think is that John Lynch should start interviewing candidates for DC and San Fran pretty soon because yeah. he's well, gonna be without that's a DC. For sure. That's <laughs> right? for sure. But there is you have to decide, right? Like if you really want to bet in these markets, there is unquestionable value in one of these markets because one of them has a guy as the favorite that's not getting the job. Like the fact that he is the favorite for both, it also shows right. that these markets are almost entirely dictated based on the updates that we get. Buzz from and Tom Palisaro yep. and Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. Like that's how these markets. It's like the move. NFL draft Salah. stuff too, right? It's like the draft stuff. 100%. It's all on beat reports. But yep. He had two interviews for the Jets. It obviously got him all the way up to minus 600. But then after the second interview, went interviewed for Philly, and then that made him plus 200 for that job. 
can't get both jobs, right? So the question I guess I would I would ask to you, Dane, do you and it's so odd we're talking about our two teams here. It doesn't even yeah. feel like it, but like, do you expect the Jets to to nail this down? Because there was a lot of uh, kind a of lot question of marks and maybe some surprises that this guy went for the second interview and then left without an offer right. or an agreement that he would be the coach. Yeah, there's that whole – and this is an idea in all of sports, right? Like if you got your guy in, it's like the, the term is you don't let him leave the building, right? And yep. he left the building without a deal, right? So I I don't know if that means that the Jets just want to see other candidates, but the news here in, out of New York was that he was the only candidate to get like flown in for the second interview, and that's why we thought it was just going to get consummated. Maybe the guy just interviews well. I think the bigger thing here is to your point, Kev, that – this is such a fluid market, right? And when news breaks of who's getting an interview and stuff, there's so much movement. And because of that, unless you got an inside scoop, I don't know that this is a market I would play in. Um, I think the numbers are reflective of just like recency bias and who's getting interviews and the hot buzz. Personally, as you know, I don't want a defensive-minded head coach for the Jets. I don't want Salah. They're about to interview former cornerback Aaron Glenn, who's on the New Orleans staff as well. I want one of these offensive minds. Give me Arthur Smith. Give me Eric Bieniemy. Give me even Dable. You know, so we'll see about that. Do you have any other uh, kind of dots to connect here with candidates to jobs? What what I think is interesting is if you're a team that hires Robert Salah, right, is – could it actually be easier, though, to fill the offensive coordinator position? Because if you go through the list of names that we're talking about, right, it's, what is it, two-to-one offense versus defense, where it might be a little bit more difficult to find, you know, your Brandon Staley's, your Robert Salah's. Like, for just the Eagles, for example. The Eagles, you know, favorite to get the head coaching position is Salah. The favorite right. after him is Mike Kafka, the QB coach in Kansas City. Well, right. offensive coordinator is not Eagles, great over quarterback, quarterback. coach. Right. right, but what I'm saying is, could Kafka, if he doesn't get the head coach job, still take an upgrade from QB coach to OC and still land in Philly? Like, you know, and, I'm, and I'm wondering if other teams could go that angle as well. So I just think that those are the interesting things. The other thing I'll mention to you, and again, about playing, if you're going to play in this market, unless you have a great sense of, like, I know this guy's odds are about a move, you just probably want to take some shots. Like, the, at Joe Brady's 11-1 to 1 in this market. I know the Eagles are looking at him. There's probably mm-hmm. a much better chance that Joe Brady would be willing to take the upgrade as a head coach than Lincoln Riley at 6-1 to one right. leaves Oklahoma. No, I think that's fair. I tell you, you mentioned uh, Kafka, though, right? If I was Kafka... I mean, maybe I would go to another team and be an offensive coordinator. But guess what? I'd be biding my time because if Enemy gets a job, then I'd become the OC for, oh, yeah, Patty Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And that, if I, if it's like OC roles that are out there, I might lean to stay where I am, where I have a half a billion yeah. dollar quarterback, right, and, and, and all that if I'm going to be the OC. And then guess what? My name will be a hot head coaching name for years to come once I continue to be there. You mentioned Joe Brady, and there are others that are getting interviews, including guys like Marvin Lewis and Jim Caldwell that we continue to talk about, you know, because hashtag all coaches yeah. matter. When we come back, though, we do start to look in our number two we look at some of the markets we look at some of the divisional games but when we come back Kev we got to give some shine and I get to give a big time shout out to a college football player you're gonna love this when we come back right here on the early line 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line, Dane and Kevin. And we put the fun in functional sports content. However, you wind up watching or listening. Big shout out, of course, to SiriusXM Channel 204. And if you were watching or listening to the early line yesterday, you know we started talking about that Alabama recruiting class. And I was wondering if all of the best high school players want to be recruited. So with that in mind, Kev, I want to give a big time shout out to Presley Harvin III. Do you know who that is, Kev? I mean, no, but I'm excited to find he out. He is the All-American first-team punter from last year's college football season. And, Kev, guess I what did. school he I went did. to? Georgia Tech, Kev. And I think oh, that has yeah, been man. consistent with what we have been talking about. Like, if you're Harvard, yeah. right, you're like, chill, Saban. I ain't trying to go to Alabama. Give me Georgia Tech, right? Because then yeah. I can, you know punt like six times a game this completely resonates with your strategy right kev big shout out big shout out to presley harvin the third right bro um no i'm pumped i love it i can't believe you've made me in on punters i feel like pat mcafee <laughs> it's ridiculous but i'm all about i don't know why but i immediately bought in and peyton todd pro kicker.com's number one punter going to lsu you, this is the other thing, right? Like, you're Peyton Todd. You pull up to campus. Like, are you waiting? Like, oh, they're like, yeah, listen, right. we already got a good punter. In, like, how, how long is the waiting process for a punter? Like, do punters leave early? Like, Rodrigo Blankenship was at Georgia. For no doubt. Time. I'm going to go declare for like, the draft early. <laughs> man, remember Robert Aguayo? What a yes, scene. like a second round pick. I'm a Jets sticker. fan. The Jets drafted a punter, the 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 award winning punter last year, Brandon Mann, out of Texas A and M, and they said they needed a sixth round pick to use him because they thought someone would snap him up in the seventh round. I also look. We're going to talk get. about some of these divisional teams and the the Pro Bowl. There is one team playing this weekend that sends their long snapper, kicker, and holder. All to the Pro Bowl, Kev. I'll give you a second to think, who might that be? We'll turn our attention to the NFL when we come back on the early line. 